This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 103 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Michelle Mazur, and we're talking all about three-word rebellions, what they are, why you might need one, and how to use them. But first to last week's question, which was, tell us a book you've enjoyed with diverse characters. Edwin Downward said, The Occasional Diamond Thief, uh, The Unintentional Adventures of Kia and Agatha by J.A. McLaughlin. Uh, Kia is set up f- uh, diverse from the very beginning and this plays into everything that happens throughout not just this book but the sequel. Uh, Meg Jolly says... Uh, this was an incredible interview. Thank you. I joined the group and can't wait to learn more. Writing diversity scares me a lot. I feel like I'm not allowed to as a white woman of limited life experience and I just don't want to get it wrong. But I really wish fiction included more diversity like I see in my community because I can't think of the last book I read with truly diverse characters that was excellently done, which sucks. And that's not that they don't exist, more that they're not in my awareness or reading circles. Please recommend. I would love to add to my TBR. Um, and uh, I'm just going to add so Eliana West kindly replied to some of the comments and so on that one recommended reading Elizabeth Hunter's Elemental Mystery series Um, and also her book uh, Heart of Colton so um, lots of people appreciating the episode Shane Miller said brilliant uh, interview can't give you one book so I'll give you three in no particular order which is steeped in gold by Sianan Smart so that is on my shelf to read Noughts and Crosses by Mallory Blackman that is a classic uh, The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dahlia Harris this week's uh, question is do you have a three-word rebellion uh, for your business or do you have a tagline for your business do you have some kind of branding wording uh, yeah, so you may want to listen to this episode before you try and answer the question. Um, but yes, I'm interested. Do you already have a three-word rebellion or tagline for your business? Okay, the book recommendation for the week this week is Fixing Your Setting and Description Problems by Janice Hardy. I read this book as research and I thought it was fantastic. And uh, so much so, I have reached out to Janice to ask her to come on um, the show. So yeah, look out for that in a few weeks time. Okay, so in personal news and updates uh, this week, it has has been, um, <laughs> it's been an interesting week. I'm going to, I don't like to be negative, um, but I will be honest because I am nothing if not honest and I think it's important that you get to see the real me and the cycles, but um, I have struggled this week. I am really all creatives go through this up and down of like being mentally um, euphoric and in love with their words and their writing and then we're in the pits of despair and I am really being a bit of an asshole to myself uh, at the moment. I'm really struggling with my fiction, I'm struggling to write, I'm struggling to allow myself to write, I'm struggling to like anything that I'm writing Um, and I think there are a few reasons why um but yeah so this week has been a bit of a struggle I will be honest um I'm also in the middle of so many projects and I really desperately desperately hate being in the middle of projects and it is entirely my own fault I've opened too many um like projects and tasks and things and I just need to shut them all down um and you know I've known this for a while and I am working on shutting them all down but obviously that takes time And when you have a bazillion things on and you're trying to multitask so many things, it doesn't make closing them down very easy. So I had hoped I would get the um, audiobook done this week. And once again, I've not managed to do that. Um, I am considerably closer this week. And I don't know, I thought maybe another week. If I'm realistic, it might be another two. I I don't think it's going to go on much longer than that. Um, I only have a handful of chapters left to uh, record, record, Um, edit, uh, oh my goodness me, to do the corrections for. 
Um, and a good chunk of it has been proofed uh, by the proofer this week. So, yeah, I am hoping that that will be done really soon. Um, that will be a huge weight off my shoulders. And then even though I, so my next audiobook that I'm going to record is The Anatomy of Prose, I'm not going to start that until I finished editing Trey so that Trey comes back online because um, I've sort of been doing bits of Trey and then stopping. And I just need to focus on one thing at a time and just get the fucking thing done so that I can cross it off my list. So yeah, that is, that has been hard. However... I have had some wonderful things happen this week as well. So um, a very lovely lady called Rona uh, on Instagram tagged me in a photo. Uh, and that photo she took when she walked into a bookstore in America, La La Books Lowell, I think it's called. And um, my book was on the shelf. <laughs> Eight Steps to Side Characters was in a real life bookstore. And I will tell you, I will admit that I burst out crying because it was a shock. And isn't that just the dream that we all hope for to see our book on a shelf? And so I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to everybody who um, does these little things for authors. Like so often I think, you know, we we take, because uh, I do it, I will take pictures of friends' books or, you know, um, authors' books and tag them and I think when we do it as a reader, we forget how wonderful of a gift that is to somebody. Um, and so I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to every reader and every writer who has ever taken a picture of one of my books, um, who has tagged me, who has left reviews. Like these things mean so much to me. And I, you know, I know they mean a lot to other writers as well. Um, but it really humbled me to see my book in a bookstore and I got very emotional and I'm extremely grateful. So yeah, if anybody else ever happens to walk into bookstores and, and they do see my books, please, please do take a picture um, and send it to me because it really does. It makes, or, or any author, indie author that you know, uh, do the same for them because it really does uh, make, make their week or their year. Okay, so that was one little thank you that I wanted to do. Um, next. Okay. So I wanted to talk about Patreon. Um, I have, um, obviously uh, as part of the Patreon, you get, uh, all of the episodes early. I tend to throw out random other little bits and bobs in there. So, um, I've done like a motivation audio, uh, which was very silly and funny. I've done bloopers. Um, occasionally I'll throw out some other things. I'll throw out sneak peeks. You'll get to th see things early. But the thing I wanted to talk about was, um, the Slack group and how amazing the Slack group is. Like, I can't tell you how supportive of a community they really are uh, to each other. People have found critique partners in there. They found collaborators. They are helping and supporting. They share resources and articles and courses and books that help um, them. And like, it's just a really warm and loving place. And <laughs> As a result, every so often, plans get made. Um, and uh, so one of the things that I have added to the $15 tier is the Rebel Readers Group. So once a quarter, uh, we are going to read a book together. And then we're going to have a mini masterclass at the end of having read it. So at the end of that quarter, we will get on a Zoom and I'm going to do what I do best, which is uh, as I read it, I'm going to deconstruct the book um, in forensic levels of detail. And it's not going to be, you know, like super formal, um, you know, slides and all of this stuff. I, I may do slides. I don't know yet, um, but I'm not, that's not how I'm intending this to be. I'm intending this to be more community and like as a master, mini masterclass, kind of as a, as a club, if you like. Um, so yeah, I'm going to break down the book 
and I will show you how the writer has created what they have created, how and why, and the literary tools and devices they've um, used in order to do that. Um, so that hopefully you will leave that um, session with uh, a lot of different tools and techniques that you can then translate into your own fiction. So yes, we are going to be doing that, and that is uh, going to be part of the $15 tier. So if you would like to um, join us on Patreon, then you absolutely can do, and you can find uh, those tiers and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. So a huge thank you, I'm doing things in the wrong order today, but a huge thank you to Laura Lentz and Helen Scheurer for joining me uh, on Patreon. I really, really appreciate the support. You guys genuinely do keep this show running. Um, and yeah, you just make it a wonderful community as well. So um, if you would like to support the show um, and get early access to all of the episodes as well as bonus content, then you can from as little as $2 a month. Uh, as I said, by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. And I would also like to thank all of the patient, um, patients. <laughs> no, well, it might be after the random mini masterclass no I would like to thank all of the patrons who have already upped their pledge to join in rebel readers um so thank you to Lynn Reed Kendall Sarah Louise Nicole Kaya Sassy Cassie Eden Collier Emma Jeffrey uh Janita Kay Maggie M and Shane Miller if you would like to come and join us guys then you can and should Okay, so the Rebel of the Week this week is Amy Heath, who says, I have changed uh, names to protect identities. So when I was at high school, I used to get around using an electric wheelchair. Most of my classmates were really understanding, but there was the odd one who seemed to think that my chair was akin to a free ride at a theme park. On this particular day, I was making my way to maths, which was located in a different building. En route to the, to the lesson, I was stopped by some boys who were well known for being nuisances. Um, on seeing me, one of them, Liam, uh, blocked my path uh, to the lesson while the other boy lingered behind. Liam picked up his rucksack and uh, was wearing a very big smile. You going to give us a ride then? If it was me now, I would have had some choice words for that request. But as a teenager, I didn't have the same audacity. I'm embarrassed to say it now, but I was a little nervous. No, I replied, and I was shaking. My palms were sweaty, and I wondered if my hand was going to slip from the chair's controls. Uh, suddenly, my chair lurched backwards as the weight of Dan bore down on it. He had taken it upon himself to hitch a free ride whether I liked it or not. Uh, come on, he shouted down my ear, or we'll be late to class. Something in me snapped. My hand clutched the chair's controls, and... and um, the chair it was my chair and they were violating my personal space and I wasn't going to let them get away with it um at first I drove along as normal not wanting to arouse their suspicion Dan hung onto the back of my chair and Liam led the way they were both laughing without warning I put the chair into reverse and drove into a wall behind me Dan's laughter had turned to shrieking oi you're crushing me let me go but as far as I was concerned, this was re revenge. One of the teachers, Mr. Mortar, suddenly appeared from around the corner just as I was driving away from the wall um, where I'd reversed into. And, uh, sir, she just drove Dan into a wall and he's really hurt, Liam said. Mr. Mortar raised one eyebrow and, found, and frowned. He looked first at the two boys and then at me. Why? Um, I cleared my throat. They were jumping on the back of my chair and wouldn't get off, sir. They didn't give me a chance to refuse and I didn't see any other way of, ma of them making... Sorry. Any other way of making them leave me alone. Mr. Mortar's gaze returned to the boys. He paused uh, for a moment before allowing a small smile to escape from the corners of his mouth. Serves you right, doesn't it? Perhaps you'll think twice before invading a space that isn't your own. Now get to lessons, all of you, before I start filling out report cards for lateness. I wish I'd had a camera in that moment. The look of shock, complete with mouths hanging open on the faces of the boys, was priceless and the memory still makes me smile. I love that. I love the fact that you are standing up for yourself and it's about empowerment and also what ignorant little shitbags because, you know, I would be absolutely mortified if my son 
did that. It's so fucking disrespectful. Um, so I'm so, so, so glad that you stood up for yourself and what a fantastic uh, rebellion. If you would like to be a rebel of the week, then please do send in your story. Now, I know I say it every week, but I really need you guys to send me the stories. Um, we literally have a tiny handful of stories left again. So, um, please, please do send in your stories. Maybe your spouse or partner has a story. Uh, maybe a parent has a story. I don't know. Uh, maybe you can talk to your family about it at dinner time and see if you can drag out some stories uh, that you, you could send in. But you can send in your uh, rebel stories. They can be anything big, small, or something in between to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or you can Instagram me at Sasha Black Author. We're all wrapped up on patrons, um, so that is actually it. Let's get on with the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by a doctor, Dr. Michelle Mazer. Michelle is a messaging expert who works with brilliant business owners who are shaking things up but having trouble talking about it. She combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills she earned in her communications PhD to help them craft their powerful, captivating message. The author of The Three Word Rebellion, host of the Rebel Uprising podcast, and featured in Fast Company, Entrepreneur and Inc. She knows that speaking about what you do in a clear and captivating way, which is sometimes hard for me to do, is the key to reaching the people you could help the most and making more money in your business. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with your rebel authors. Yes. So I am super excited because obviously you are also a fellow rebel. Um, and I read your book, which I thought was fantastic as well, uh, and made me think about what uh, my three word rebellion might be. Um, and so, yeah, like you definitely got me thinking. And I really hope that uh, this chat also gets all of the listeners thinking because branding is like my secret pleasure uh so mm. yeah I love I love chatting about this also and this is just because I'm gonna geek out right now do you have you ever heard of Clifton Strengths? yes do you know your Clifton Strengths? I do my top strength is strategic followed by input followed by communication I know yes. it's not surprising <laughs> I just and then, indi <laughs> then individuation and achiever I love it. I love it. I was like, she has a communications degree, literally works in communications. I was like, I, I there is no way you don't have communication. So I love that. I love it. Um, also, I literally love that you knew as well. It's like made my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Clifton Strengths has been so helpful for me in like creating my business because right? I, I mean, everything that I do is actually related to one of my strengths. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly, exactly. Mine are interesting for a uh, uh, an author, I think. I, my, my number one is very unusual, I think, in, in the author world. My number one is competition. Oh. Yeah, I know. That is like most people's response when they find that out as well. So my my top 10 are competition, achiever, strategic, learner, significant. So that makes sense. Uh, activator, command, focus, input, self-assurance. So I'm a bit of a, a unique bumblebee in, in the author world in terms of my strengths. But um, yeah, anyway, yes. this is not what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> And that's all right. Yeah, it is because I already feel like I know you and this is so wonderful. Um, but for those people who don't feel like they know you yet, uh, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about you and your journey? And I guess like how you got to where you are today? Yes. So I'm a recovering academic. So I was a professor. I taught university for 13 years. And then when I left academia, I was like, I'm going to go into the corporate world and use my research degree. So I went into market research and that was a whole mistake, but that's a story for another day. But I did learn a lot about business. But really what kicked off my business for me was this really ranty blog post I wrote. So when I first started my business, I blogged and I didn't really even have a business. I was a blogger and I had the world's most boring blog because 
I'm an academic. You know how we write. It's not engaging. <laughs> it's good for, you know, sleepless nights when you need to bore yourself to sleep. <laughs> but um, I was I was working with speakers or I was wanting to work with speakers at the time because that was the first iteration of my business. And I went to this event and there was a keynote speaker and she was in front of the room and she asked everyone to stand up as soon as she got on stage. So we're good audience members. We stood up. Then she asked us to clap and we clapped and she said, you have given me a standing ovation and now I must earn it. And that was so manipulative. I just, I, I was just in awe of the level of manipulation she just pulled on her audience of trusting people. And I sat there and I wrote this really ranty blog post about how not to be a motivational speaker <laughs> and based off what she was doing in this talk. And it was the type of blog post I was afraid to push publish on because it was... Oh, they're always the best ones though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like this one was really in my voice. It was, you know, snarky in parts, but also solution focused. But I put it out into the world and like, two days later i got an email with the line how not to be a motivational speaker in the subject and i'm like oh crap i'm in trouble here it comes and it was this man who was like i stumbled upon this blog post i loved it i have a big speaking engagement coming up can you help me oh and i, I was like it sure i'm like i didn't have a business i didn't know what to charge and it turned out he was speaking to Barbara Bush's point of points of light foundation in front of the former first lady and like a ton of famous people. But he was my first client all because I expressed my strong viewpoints, talked about what I was rebelling against. So really that's how my business started. And then I got sick of the speaking industry. I have a lot of issues with the speaking industry, which is another story for another day. But I realized that my clients were using the speeches I was creating and the speaker marketing I was helping them with for their business, for their brand message. Mm. And that really got me thinking about how I could help businesses powerfully communicate the value they create for their clients and customers, whether they're talking to one person or a million. I love this so much because I really feel like a lot of us come to writing in whatever format that is, be it blogging or our first book or whether that's nonfiction or fiction. And none of us really have a thing to say. Like, you know, that it may be that you've already got past this by the time you get to your first book, but certainly when you start writing, we're all boring, like all of us. None of us have mm -hmm. anything to say. And it isn't until like you do that thing that you're afraid to do, or you say the thing that scares you, or you you just start ranting that you find that inner core of yourself. So it's funny because a very similar thing happened to me. I um I had various iterations on my blog, which were utterly boring and self-indulgent. And then <laughs> I started sharing lessons that I was learning about writing. But I did it in a way that was so utterly me. It was full of swear words, full of ranting, and just like, you know, utterly me. And, and, and then the thing that tipped it over the edge, because, you know, I was just another writing blogger at that point mm -hmm. but what tipped it over the edge was that I picked up on a thing that made me so utterly furious that I created a series of blog posts all about why the villains are actually the most important character in your novel not your heroes and it, everything exploded after that and um I never looked back and this is the thing like I really feel like it's so important that we understand ourselves and find the thing that we want to say even if it scares mm -hmm. us. So I love that you yes. said that. Um, why do so many creatives feel like they're bad at marketing? Because it is so true. So many people do feel that way. Yes, yes. And I think 
part of it is like, as a creative person, we are so close to the work that we do. And for the most part, it comes pretty easy to us. And so we don't know what's truly important in the mind of our audience and so that we can communicate that to them we get kind of like I, I mean it's kind of the curse of expertise right like you get really focused on this like one little part that you find fascinating but really you're like at a level 10 of knowledge about your creative work and the person who's just coming into contact with you is like at a level one or two they really don't know what you're all about or how you do it or if you can help them or if you're for them. And there's this mismatch between the message that we put out in our marketing and what our audience actually needs to hear. And that's why we feel like we suck at marketing. It's not that we suck at marketing because marketing at the end of the day is just a bunch of activities that drive a strategy for audience growth or finding clients or readers, but we don't know how to communicate in that marketing to really get people's attention. And so we just think, oh, I suck at marketing. It's like, no, you're just too close to see your message clearly and what's important about it. I'm just going to throw a curveball at you, which I haven't prepared you for, but okay. do, you, do you have any advice for listeners to get that distance you know how do you how how do they you said that there's a mismatch between where you're at and what you know about it and what what your readers actually want to hear about what you're what you're selling so how do creatives pull themselves out in order to get that clarity and that perspective yeah I think well, especially for authors, I think it's about, and this is going to be scary, talking to your readers. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I know, I know this. Well, it's so interesting. People, I see this in business all the time, but people are really terrified to ask their audience, whether it's a survey or whether you're sitting down over Zoom with your most committed fans and just having them talk about themselves why they you know like why did you read this book what was interesting to you about this book what did you get from it or you know if you're a fiction author author like what characters did you most love why did you love them like really digging into their experience of your work and you will quickly find out what level they are <laughs> as far as their expertise and you're going to realize it's like oh yeah some of the stuff i've been talking about doesn't really it matters to me it would yeah. matter to my colleagues but it doesn't matter to that audience member they really want to be focused on this aspect yeah so I always that. yeah talk talk to your people don't be afraid they're they're there they would love to talk to you <laughs> I think the other thing that um is really important when you do talk to your readers is to listen to their language and how are the mm -hmm. words are they using to describe your work um yes because using their words will help other readers to like that is the language of readers as opposed to the language mm -hmm. of authors and so using their words you know and this is why people should you know if you can possibly dare to or bear it to look at your reviews to see those things or if you can't then get your friend to do it for you and to pick out those patterns but um yeah I love that it's funny because I was sort of sat here giggling because uh I'm very comfortable talking about my non-fiction because I feel like it's fact-based I can solve problems I can teach you how to do things but when it comes mm -hmm. to my fiction I just die inside like I just pieces of me die every time I have to speak about it it's just oh anyway right let's 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 move on okay so you wrote a book called The Three Word, or not the, but yeah, The Three Word Rebellion. So yes, can you start by explaining what a three word rebellion is and how it might help you to narrow down uh, into like your author or reader niche? Yes. So your three word rebellion is a one of a kind message that really 
encapsulates the change, especially if you're a nonfiction writer that you want to create or encapsulates the core message of a fiction book that you want your readers to remember. So some famous like nonfiction examples of a three word rebellion, because it's funny when I work with three word rebellions uh, with my clients, whether or not they are authors, one of my tests is like, if I saw that on a book cover in the airport, would I want to pick it up and learn more? (laughs) Because what a three word rebellion is really great at is creating curiosity. So for instance, one of my favorite examples is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Like that is now become this message that is much bigger than him and his business. And it's part of what we talk about, like, what's your why? But Start With Why was such an effective way to get people curious about his book, his talks, his business, because you heard it and you're like, huh, I should start with my why. That sounds great. And what is my why? Like, what could that be? I don't know. I guess I need to explore it. So it is this very curiosity provoking, attention getting thing that can really frame your work. Yeah. I have, after I read the book, I have been pondering and pondering and pondering. And I I I really desperately want to find my three word why a three word why my three word rebellion um it has to come down to something to do with rebel authoring because even though like the 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 name or the brand rebel author yes it describes me but it also describes the community um and mm-hmm. also what I'm trying to do or encourage other people to do which is to rebel against the system um and do it their way so I'm sure it's in there like somewhere yes. there's a nugget um so yeah I will keep pondering this so like you talk about how three word rebellions uh, can create movements in your book so can you like can you explain like how and why that happens. Yeah, I think the power of a three word rebellion is that it's not a message that centers on you, the author, or you, the author slash business owner. It's a message that centers on the audience your readers, your clients who are out there. And when we give people a message to gather around, it has the potential to spread because now I have a way of talking about your work because I have these three words and I can say, hey, I read this great book called The Three Word Rebellion or hey, I read this great book called Start With Why. And people are like, ooh, tell me more about that. And then they go out and they buy the book and there's momentum. So your readers become the messenger of your message and they also become somewhat marketers of your book Mm. (laughs) or marketers of your business which is lovely and so when i mean and when that message starts gaining momentum you can really gather people around it and they talk about it and it impacts and changes them yeah one of the things that i really liked in your book was where you were talking about how the the actual phrase should also be like a call to action. Um, Mm -hmm. And so start with why is an instruction as well as a movement, as well as a philosophy, as well as a catchphrase, like which is why it's probably so genius. Um, Yeah, I yeah, I just I loved that. Do you have any other examples of like the the ones that are are call to action? Oh, okay. so there are well, there are actually now three different types of three-word rebellions that I did. <laughs> I'm updating the book right now, which being an indie author, it's awesome to be able to update your book when you have new information to share with your audience. But that's an aside. <laughs> so there is the start with why. There's another one that I call naming the change, which are things that are a little bit more abstract, like the three-word rebellion or Mel Robbins and the five-second rule. Um, and then I also have one called a declaration, which... Um, is kind of like your mantra. So Marie Forleo's everything is figure outable are all great examples. But one of my favorite three word rebellions that I've 
helped create with a client is she um, she's a writer. She writes bios and she writes these beautiful story based bios for people. And for her, her three word rebellion was uncage your epic credential, which is just so beautiful to describe the work that she was doing because she was doing so much more than writing bios. And it really was this uncaging of the story of the essence of who this person is. So it's, that's one of my personal favorites. I love that. I love that so much. Oh, I, I want, I want a three word rebellion. I'm so inspired. Um, okay. So like, Let's say listeners are, they are all in, they are loving hearing about this. Where the fuck do you start? Because, um, you know, this is like, like, this is a big thing, you know, to try and distill your whole being into three words. But you, you have some really good exercises in your book uh, to actually help your readers uh, to create their own rebellion. So like, yeah, where do people start? All right. Well, there's in the book, there's some pre-work to kind of orient yourself about why you want to do this work, which I think is important because it is a daunting task and it can do so much for your for your readers, for your own business. So it's something that you want to be clear on why you're doing it and how it's going to impact you. But if you're interested in just getting started into it, it's really number one, having a belief that your three word rebellion already exists. Like you were finding, like it's somewhere in what you've already been saying, what you've already been talking about. And so then your job becomes about unearthing it using free writing, which I love because it asks you to get out of your head and just to write. Like, don't worry about grammar or spelling or any of that. But the questions that I have you write about are based on social movements. So we start off with a simple question, like, what are you rebelling against? And sitting down and setting a timer and either typing or writing for 15 minutes straight about all the things that pop in your head. I'm rebelling against this. I'm rebelling against cleaning my litter box. Like it doesn't matter at first. You just want to start getting things out and then you can get more industry specific. And then the next set of questions are about like, great, it's great to rebel but you also want to give people hope and let them know what the change can be. So writing, one of my favorite prompt for this is I want to live in a world where dot, dot, dot. And and creating that world that you want to create for your audience. Mm. I want to live in a world where every creative person is empowered to build their own creative empire that is what I want mm, I like that I love it yeah I was like sitting here and listening and yeah like I I because I, I didn't do the exercises when I read the book uh but I the more I listen to you the more I'm like oh I think I need to go back and do these exercises. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> well, actually, I know. after my launch, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the exercises are the, probably the most important part of the I book. Know, and I like I have like the very beginning of the book, there's a note from the book and me that it's basically like, do the work. Otherwise, I you're know. not going to get the result. <laughs> In my defense, I did intellect <laughs> on them because intellection is my number Good. 11. So yeah, I like, I, I put, not at all of the questions, but at some of the questions which sort of shook me to my core, I, I definitely paused and was like, hmm, and then like intellected on them for a little while, but I didn't, I didn't do the work and write, write down the thoughts. But I, I definitely have been thinking about this, obviously, because I knew I was going to talk to you as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm even, even as we're talking, I'm like, yeah, I need to, I need to bring like competition in there as well. I, I'm like, already I'm like, no, I, this isn't, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, clearly I'm just having like brain epiphanies whilst we're talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love I, epiphanies. I'm always here for that. <laughs> Live on air. Sasha has epiphanies. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, why do writers need a message that's bigger than their business? 
Oh, such a good question. And I would say the number one thing is that you want your readers to become your marketers. Yeah. <laughs> you want them to be able to like, there's nothing worse than like, oh, I just read the best book. Great. What was it called? Mm. I don't know <laughs> what it was. So really, when we're doing this, we are empowering our readers, our clients with the language they need in order to spread our message for us. And if we really want to make an impact with our creative work, it can't just be us doing the spreading of the message, doing the marketing. We need other people who are also excited about the work that we do. And we need to give them the language in order to spread that message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Um, I, I've just thought of somebody in the indie sphere who already has their three-word rebellion. Um, mm -hmm. And it is Becca Syme. I don't know if you, if you know Becca Syme, but she essentially created a um, program for writers based off of Clifton Strengths. And mm -hmm. her, her phraseology is uh, write better, faster. And what she does is she uses strengths to, to teach people, to coach people uh, how to, you know, uh, work with their own strengths in order to write better, faster. Um, ah. like, right. It's absolutely fucking genius. I'm like, I am now even more in awe of Becca Syme. <laughs> as if I wasn't enough in awe of her uh, but yes yeah, so it's another three-word rebellion um and it's an instruction isn't it right it's right yeah faster um okay so what impact can a three-word rebellion have on your competitors I really feel like a three-word rebellion eliminates your competition right it's like with the example right better faster there is only one program that's going to be strengths-based that gives you the result of write better, faster, and that's Becca's program. So she doesn't really have, yes, there are lots of other writing coaches out there and book coaches and whatnot, but if you want that specific result in, with her specific process, there's only really one place you can go. And even for me, like there are a lot of people who can help you with your messaging, but if you want a three word rebellion, well, there's only one place you can actually go. So it, it puts you in a category of one and helps you stand out amongst all of those who do something similar because it's really saying like, no, this is the way I do my thing. Does, does it have to be three words? No, it can be between two to five words um, and not less than two words because you want to have a pattern in the brain, not more than five words because our brains are very limited to the amount of information we can actually keep in them and what we can remember. And we want this to be memorable. But I also realized that calling my book the two to five word rebellion just didn't mm -hmm. roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. And there is the golden like rule or whatever it is and that that sense of three words there's that you know thing of three everything yes. that's how our brain yes works. yes 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 um okay so in practical terms let's say you've got your three word rebellion now uh how do you use it where do you put it what do you do with it you do all the things <laughs> <laughs> well, really what I look at is like your three word rebellion is this linchpin and it can obviously become the name of your book, the name of your signature program, the name of your podcast, but also it's the thing that ties all of your messaging together because it's, you know, I always joke around that, you know, it was great when Simon Sinek came up with start with why, but he had to have other messages that actually would get people to buy into it. It's not like he was on the streets of Seattle saying, start with why, start with why, start mm -hmm. with why. No, no, start with why got your attention. And then he knew the, basically the argument he was making, the key, other key messages in order to get people to buy in to the start with why philosophy movement. So it, it's a very verse, your three word rebellion is very versatile, but all of your messaging then ties back 
to your three word rebellion. So you're going to be using it in your marketing, your PR efforts, basically anytime your business or whether that's your author business or a business opens its mouth, it's using the messaging that is created from the three word rebellion. And then you should write a book about it as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely write a book. Well, that was like my first instinct when I came up with this, like when I was working through this framework, um, you know, I was doing some experiments with clients with their permission. And I was like, oh, this really wants to be a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. So makes a great title. <laughs> absolutely. Um, like, you know, when testing, this is a question from uh, a patron, Cassie, when like testing mm-hmm. your rebellion or like retesting or, or testing rebranding, like what methods mm-hmm. should you use to work out if it's going to work or stick? Yes. Number one, do not use Facebook. <laughs> do not post your message on Facebook where a lot of random people can comment on it because everybody will have an opinion and it might not be the best opinion. So what I always recommend to my clients when they're testing out new branding or whether they're testing their three-word rebellion is to go back to their best clients, the ones that they loved working with the most and run it by them. And also your like trusted business besties, your business mentors and get their opinion because if they understand your business and who you work with, they're going going to be able to help like kind of get into the brain of your reader and think like, oh yeah, that's, that's really good. But yeah, I mean, I always, my default is like, ask your best readers, ask your best clients and don't just crowdsource it to the masses. Cause you're going to get pretty average <laughs> feedback. Yeah. Or often like conflicting feedback as well. This is why I um, really limit those sources of feedback that I get now, but just because I, I don't know if this is also to do with self-assurance, but um, I I feel like I have to know that a thing is right. Uh, that has to come from inside. So I, whilst I do, you know, even like book covers and stuff, I'll always ask, you know, a couple of people, but I try mm. not to allow too many sources because yes. once you start allowing you know, more than two or three that that conflicting stuff comes in. Of course, you know, with branding and stuff, you, 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 you know, slightly different. You probably want a few more opinions, but um, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I've, I've seen that happen so many times. I remember once I was working with a client and we developed the three word rebellion and then she came back and she's like, you know what? My husband really doesn't like this. And I'm like, is your husband your ideal client? And mm-hmm. she's like, no I'm like then why are why are we listening to him yeah (laughs) yeah oh bless let's go and put your husband back in the corner um I know okay so in your book you mentioned a really interesting theory which was the inoculation theory um and I wondered if you could actually explain that to listeners what it is and and why it might be useful for writers or entrepreneurs Oh, I love this theory. So this theory, um, 1961 by a psychologist named William McGuire. And basically what he is saying, and as a former debater, this is something we would do all the time, is that if you know that there's going to be a counter argument or a resistance to your argument that you're making, you can actually just hit it head on like you can say like hey i know a lot of you are hearing this but here's some additional information to help you think about it differently so like i mean obviously in entrepreneurship like the objections that you face when you're selling a product like sometimes it's better just to say hey one of the things i hear all the time about why people don't want to buy this product is this but what you really need to but here's how you can think about it differently so you're inoculating them against you're giving them that argument but then telling them how to counter it and how to think about it so it's much like a vaccine but it can be very helpful for breaking down resistance yeah i loved it i loved it so much i that was one of the moments i stopped and was like whoa 
<laughs> I, was I know it, it's such it's such a cool theory because it really uh, because it, the other thing it does is I think it's really good for relationship building because you're like, hey, you're a smart person and, and I know you're, you've probably heard about this thing and I just want to tell you, like, let's talk about that head on. Like, I don't want to hide it from you. I love it. And so that breeds trust and relationship building. So yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful way to think about sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Mm. So, <laughs> I, the thing I thought of immediately was when I quit my job in academia without a plan B. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so Whoa. I was at the University of Hawaii, um, which, yes, I know it's Hawaii. It's very hard to live in Hawaii. It's a lovely place. I'd love to visit Hawaii, but living there is super difficult. And I I was at that point where I was just like, okay, I either have to go up for tenure and commit to living here, or I can move and I can leave and I can do something else. And so at the beginning of the academic year, I went in and tendered my resignation. (laughs) And luckily, like with academia, like I was committed for teaching for a year. So I had time to plan the transition, but I didn't know what I was going to do next or even where I wanted to live. So that was um, a pretty rebellious moment. I love it. I I love these rebellions because usually something amazing comes from them and look at where you are now. So yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much. Would you like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you, your book services, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. So if you're interested in grabbing a copy of the Three Word Rebellion book, you can head over to Amazon or Book Depository, Barnes and Noble, bookshop.org and just type in Three Word Rebellion. It's there waiting for you and it would love to help you discover your message. And if you want to connect with me, my home where all of my services are and all of my podcast episodes is at drmichellemazur.com and you can always connect with me on Instagram and slide into my DMs and tell me what you took away from this episode and that's at drmichellemazur. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you. (laughs) And of course, thank you to all of the show's listeners and an even bigger thank you to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content and poison and pro sessions with yours truly, then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Dr. Michelle Mazer, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, I am talking to Gillian Yetta, and Gillian is an audiobook narrator by profession, and oh my goodness, is it a spectacular episode. Gillian, um does some voices we talk about how to work with audiobook narrators and oh I just am in love (laughs) with her she is amazing uh she is so ridiculously talented and it is a super positive and fun episode so I am very excited to share this one with you next week don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review (music) 